This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green is live in the Ingalls studio and heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app, live or on demand. Take us with you everywhere you go. It is a hot, hot Monday afternoon here in the mountains of western North Carolina. I'm Tank Spencer. Jeremy Green's alongside... And this hour of the program, as always, brought to you by Ingles. Low prices, love the savings. Got to hang out with uh, some of the Ingles family this afternoon over at the uh, Biltmore Estate. It was a SoCon football kickoff. It's the media days for SoCon football. It's a whole lot of fun hanging out there. And our buddy Ryan McGee was in town. That was that was that was the main draw for me. I had to go, <laughs> I had to go out and glad hand with. Uh, with Ryan McGee. It's actually the first time that we've ever met face-to-face. We talked on the telephone for years. We've done interviews say, with him is, left it, and right on this program. It's ironic because you've had his phone number as long as I've known you. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> but it's great as he got up there telling us uh, you know, great stories from his childhood. As uh, His dad was working at Furman University way back in the day and grew up a lot of his childhood around the, fo- uh, the Furman Paladins football program. Um just like to take this opportunity to mention that uh, Wicked Weed Brewing, one of our major sponsors, is also the uh, the official craft beer of Furman Athletics. Uh, East Tennessee State Athletics as well as the Buccaneers were in the house. And uh, Anyhow, it was a fun afternoon at uh, SoCon Media Days. Hear more about that this afternoon on ES, or excuse me, on uh, WWNC, 570 WWNC. The Sports Freaks, Brian Hall, Mike Morgan, they'll be on this afternoon uh, giving the recap of SoCon Media Days, and uh, they'll have a little conversation with the Western Carolina football coach, all of that. Anyhow, let's get into it. We got a lot going on today. Texas and Oklahoma. Apparently, it's uh, apparently it's a done deal, Jeremy. You've been stomping your feet that this is not going to happen, and now Texas and Oklahoma have given their notice to the Big Twelve that they're not going to renew their grant of rights. Of course, they have said nothing about the SEC. They have not. The overall feeling, though, is that yes, they are going to join the SEC. And it only raises the bar for everybody else around college football. It's going to be a mad scramble here. We're in free agent period now. Mm-hmm. Every school in the Big 12 is a free agent right now, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. The Big 12. Uh, they are, and three of them have already been in contact with the Pac 12. Yeah. TCU, Texas Tech, and Baylor have already called the Pac 12. Uh, we need somewhere to land. As well, they should. See, I'm wondering if this is how this goes down. So, as part of the announcement today that Texas and Oklahoma had told the Big 12 that they are not going to re-up their uh, grant of rights deal, which is the TV rights. They're not going to re-up the TV rights at the end of 2025. But what happens if the rest of the Big 12 bounces as well? Does that grant of rights go out the window? The answer to that is yes. Okay. If the Big 12 ceases to exist, and I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. Yep. That is the one way that they wind up in the SEC. Mm-hmm. They're not going to pay 75 to $80 million to get out of this early. No. However, there is a part of this that no one is talking about, and that's that Oklahoma and Texas are two of the biggest movers here. Mm-hmm. They're two of the biggest entities out there. Mm-hmm. 
This has now become the Wild Wild West. Yep. And there are a lot of schools, from what I've been told, that may or may not love where they're sitting right now. (laughs) Uh, Teams in existing conferences that want to bounce other than the Big 12? The way that this has been done in every model that I've seen, Notre Dame and West Virginia end up in the ACC. Yes. The, The remaining Texas schools and... Uh, well, Kansas, mm-hmm. or no, Kansas ends up in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Iowa State ends up in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. The bit, the Texas schools go to the Pac-12. I've seen all those things. I'm just going to tell you that a little birdie has told me, do not be so convinced that this is going to end up with four conferences. Don't be shocked if it's three. Oh, okay. So and there are movers that are in, there that are getting. Let's say they're getting a little uneasy. And so are we saying the ACC might be one of these conferences? That ceases to exist? Yeah. No. Okay. But That's... could it be markedly bigger than you think it is? 100%. Oh, absolutely. I'll tell you another thing that I was told definitively. Mm-hmm. Everybody's talking about 16 teams now in the SEC. Don't be shocked if more than one of the teams in the SEC leave. It would only make sense. It would only make sense for the... I don't want to say smaller schools, but I mean, essentially, I guess that's what you're talking about. Less successful programs in the SEC could bounce. To me, Tennessee is at the top of that list. To me, Tennessee, I get, you know, Tennessee died in the wool SEC school, you know, there since the beginning of the SEC. You know, they were one of the, I think they were one of the SOCON teams. They were that bounced to the SEC when that when that was all created with South Carolina. Because remember, the SoCon at its inception used to be big schools. I mean, it was West Virginia, Carolina, uh, both the Carolinas, North Carolina and South Carolina um, were in the SoCon. And then you know that the fifties came around and and the SEC or the excuse me the SoCon changed, transformed massively. Well, that was another thing that was obviously brought up a key part of today's SoCon football media days. This is the 100th year of the SoCon. Now, obviously, it hasn't existed as this role, but, yeah, it was February of 1921 when the SoCon was born. We've, you know, and it's a conference that has been through all of the reorganizations and seeing the bigger schools go away and create their own conferences to now including you know the the smaller schools the fcs programs in the socon but we are in for a great realignment here i mean with i saw one figure today with the tech with texas and oklahoma leaving for the sec um allegedly allegedly if this is to come to fruition that both Texas and Oklahoma go to the sec that the sec's take-home per school right now is like 44 million dollars it would go up $20 million a year for every school if Texas and Oklahoma are in the SEC. That's a lot of money. Conversely, by them leaving the Big 12, the Big 12's payout could potentially go on the TV rights because there is wording in the TV rights contract with the Big 12 that if schools bounce, we lower the payment. Mm -hmm. We lower the payment. And the payment goes from an estimated uh, thirty-seven million dollars to nine, and no, and no school in the Big Twelve is going to stick around for that. Here's what I have said the entire time, and I'm not going to back off this because I keep getting told this. In a divorce, 
when you come to the agreement, you always do what's best for you. Yeah. What I nor anyone else can figure out is how is this best for Texas? Because Texas is the one steering the ship here. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure you know that. Yes. If this was just Oklahoma on their uh, on their own, I, I mean, okay, you know, it's fine. They would move the number a little bit. It's Texas. Texas is the biggest program in the country. Yes. Athletic budget wise, mm-hmm. they have a thirty-two billion dollar endowment, which is just insane. <laughs> Here's the thing: I still can't wrap my head around. What's in it for Texas? What are you getting out of this? Oh, you go to the SEC and name, image, and likeness. And did you notice? Did, did you notice that was in the first paragraph of the press release? Mm-hmm. I told you. I told you. That's what this all hinges upon. Mm-hmm. The thing I can't wrap my head around is Texas would be making this money anyway. So why are you trying to get out? And 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 if it's the SEC, whatever they're trying to do, why are you trying to do that? I think it's because you know something bigger is coming. Because there are a lot of, if you really look at college athletics, how many programs would you say matter, really matter, across all Power Five conferences? How many programs matter? And when I say matter, I I mean they can call their own shot. Okay. I would say Ohio State's one. Texas. I've got 30, just so you know. Okay. You're saying you're counting them out. Well, I'm just trying to think, like, who they would be. Okay, so you say there are 30 programs mm-hmm. that matter. And here's where I'm headed with this. Okay. There's 30 programs that really matter, that, that drive numbers and all those things. I see a path. They all end up in two conferences. Okay. And everybody else is sitting on the curb waiting on somebody to pick them up. <laughs> okay. Did you ever think there was a day the Big East would cease to exist? When we were kids, the Big East was the basketball conference. It was not close. Yes. That dissolved. And they were pretty decent at football as well. With the Miami and Virginia Tech and Syracuse and I mean back Syracuse and Virginia Tech basically flip flopped each other. When Syracuse became irrelevant, when Virginia Tech became relevant. So yeah, I mean they had two programs at any given time. Yeah. I'm just seeing an alignment here and I'm hearing things. Everybody's just trying to make sure they have somewhere to go. Mm Mm-hmm. Texas will always have somewhere to go. And I have a funny feeling the more down this SEC path they go, the more they're going to realize we don't have to do this. Mm-hmm. We do not have to be beholden to the ways of Alabama, Florida, LSU, Georgia. You know what all four of those programs have in common? What's that? They're four of the nine highest revenue generating programs in the country. So you're telling me Texas is going to, and I've said this for three days, I'm not changing my tune on anything. You're telling me that the only institution that has its own television network is going, man, we have to get to the SEC. Um, I don't buy that for some reason. <laughs> I do. I, I buy it. I buy that they are the biggest brand, or they feel like they are the biggest brand in college football, and they want to be aligned with the best conference. Because here's the other thing, and it, I've, I've seen it mentioned a couple of times today as well, of the SEC and the NCAA, what's going to happen with the NCAA and the decentralizing of football? The SEC and Greg Sankey basically is the most powerful man in football now. Greg Sankey, if they could pull this off and add Texas and Oklahoma, say they add a couple of other programs. I don't know who they would be. 
would they be able to vulture Florida State? Florida would be completely against it. But they I don't won't think do it at this into point the SEC. They will not do it into the SEC. Mm-hmm. Florida, Kentucky, Georgia, I, because I've asked that question. Right. All right, if you've basically told Texas A&M to pound sand, yeah. you, how exactly are you not going to do that with Kentucky? Mm-hmm. Everything I've heard is that they won't, which tells me that there's going to be another big conference. One way or the other, there's going to be another big conference. Right. And I have a funny feeling it's going to be the ACC. Mm-hmm. Because everybody thinks the Pac-12 is going to be whatever. Why? Why would you do that? Really think about what the Big Ten has. Mm -hmm. You get away from Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State, there's not much there. So you're telling me that Kansas and I I can't even remember the other school that it is that winds up in the Iowa State. State. You're telling me those two are going to join up with Ohio State, and Ohio State's not going to at some point go, what exactly are we getting out of this? <laughs> it's us, Michigan, and Penn State, and then the like the, the ten of the lowest, ten of the lowest fifteen in the top sixty. No, no, uh, uh-uh. you're not showing a lot of respect to Wisconsin in that. Wisconsin's a big football power. Wisconsin's up there. I, I don't dispute that. Okay, they, they would be up there as well. But there's just a lot of teams here that I don't know where you're going to go. Kansas State, I don't know what your soft place to land is. Mm -hmm. Baylor has the money. I get it. Texas Tech, I don't understand what your soft place to land is unless you go with Pac-12. Right. And so all of these things, they just don't line up. You've got too many power brokers that are going to look at Texas and go, wait a minute. They make more money than anybody. How are we going to let them wind up in the SEC? Right. And then you look at schools like USC, Oregon, Florida State, Clemson's on the backside of this. They're not quite to the, I mean, I understand how good they've been in football. They're not to the revenue generating area of these other schools I'm talking about. And USC is really not. They just have a lot of influence. I refuse to believe there's not another domino to fall. I'm officially the point of, I can't definitively tell you that uh, Oklahoma and Texas are not going to end up in the SEC. I don't get it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's something that I'm, that, that we're not being told. Because it doesn't make sense. No, I mean, there's a lot we're not being told. We know this. I mean, they, they, they were able to somehow keep their, keep under their hats that this big transfer of power was coming for more than six months. We've already learned that they're good at keeping secrets. No, I got that. Here's <laughs> what I don't get. Texas had a, had a financial problem with Longhorn, with the Longhorn Network for several years. It didn't turn a profit for years. Then all of a sudden, ESPN comes along and buys it for a bajillion dollars. Mm-hmm. It was twenty years at two ninety five, if I remember correctly. And now you're just you're going to consolidate that into the SEC network too. Why do I not buy that? That does not make a lick of sense. Well, either way, I mean, I think they're going to have to. ESPN is going to have to do something with the Longhorn Network. I mean, if some Texas ends up in the ACC. Okay, well, then I guess that becomes ACC Network number two? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Just remember, Notre Dame still had their deal with NBC, and ACC, the ACC only got a small cut of the gravy on those taters. That's all I'm saying. Right. The SEC can call their shot because they have all the power brokers. Mm-hmm. I don't buy that Texas is just going to, okay, whatever you want us to do, we're just here to hang out and play football with you. I don't buy it. <laughs> 
Uh, and if it comes down that way, cool. I will be with bated breath waiting to hear what it is that I've been missing. I do think there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of this trying to shuffle around. People trying to figure out who's going to end up in what conference, and oh well, the travel doesn't make sense for this. I don't think that's a. I don't think that matters anymore. I really don't. I, I really don't think that arduous travel for D one college football because the money is so great. All these schools are going to be jumping in on it. It doesn't matter. USC, if the Pac-12 ends up being one of the odd men out of this, USC joins the Big Ten. You think they're really going to bat an eye at that? If they're going to be, because the Big Ten, I think their network deal comes up next year. I think they're right. a big player in this. If the Big Ten can be able to snipe some schools from the Big Twelve and up there, and from the Pac-12 and up their ante, you're doing it wrong. Okay, well, let's do it after the break. There, there's a path to what you just said. Okay. You're just doing it wrong. Okay. ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. Tank Spencer and Jeremy Green. We'll be right back. Texas and Oklahoma madness up next. Tank Spencer and Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. I don't... I, 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 I can't wrap my head around... People pigeonholing themselves into regional conferences anymore. I think the days of the regional conference are dead. None of this, it just doesn't make any sense to have it be this way anymore. I think the expenses of travel are one thing, yes. I get it. It costs a lot of money to ship a football team across the country for a conference game. Understood. But the money that's involved in the TV rights and the deals of being able to have premier use the example I used before the break. USC winds up in a Big Ten. You think they're really going to be concerned about having to fly the team to Columbus, Ohio for that game? No, no there are logistical headaches to it. Mm-hmm. A lot of which were the 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 microscope was put on last year during all the virus things. Mm-hmm. However, I agree with you that it's not going to be the travel. Mm-hmm. This is the thing, even more than Texas. This is the thing I cannot wrap my, wrap my head around. Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State are three of the most powerful schools in the country. Mm-hmm. You're telling me they're going to watch Texas and Oklahoma go to the SEC, and their addition will be Kansas and Iowa State, and we're just good with that. That's fine. We like you guys a lot. I don't we think- like Northwestern and Purdue and Indiana, which doesn't make any money in football. It's all basketball. Right. Really? Really? No. I don't buy it. I don't either. I think the Big Ten will... The Big Ten is in a position just like the ACC right now. Like I said last week, I think this is going to be full-on free agency period. Whoever you can get, you go get them. ACC, they're going hard in the paint after Notre Dame and West Virginia. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. Both of those programs will uh, rise the tide for everybody in the ACC, not only in football, but also in basketball. Um, but then you look at the Big Ten, and there are some programs in, in the Big Ten that you could, you could easily make a case that we don't need to do Rutgers. this. Let, right, Rutgers. Rutgers gone. I don't, I don't care. Like, I don't care that Rutgers has the New York media market. Nobody in New York cares about Big Ten football. Nope. I will tell you how this was told to me. Mm-hmm. And I've teased this 
all day long. I've been waiting to say this <laughs> for an extended period of time. Okay. This has not been reported anywhere that I have seen. Mm-hmm. But the idea was floated to me, and I'm not breaking news here. I'm just telling you somebody that knows infinitely more about college football than I do said, you just watch, this is how this goes. Watch the ACC and Big Big Ten merge. Yes. Big Ten schools stay in one division, ACC schools stay in the other division, and all of those schools that we look at and go, what do you bring to the table? Bye. Yeah. That, I'm t- I, when I heard it, I went, that doesn't make, well, it does. <laughs> Actually, no, I think about it, yeah, it does. So the yeah, big, it does. So the Big Ten and the ACC could merge together. Basically, but who the, gets left out is the question. Of which one? Because I can tell you. I figured. Uh, okay. I, I did the math on it. It's a 16-team conference. Okay, Big Ten. Which teams get excluded? Rutgers. Indiana. Mm. Northwestern. Indiana? Indiana's. it doesn't make nearly as much as you think. Yeah, but you have to consider all sports. No, you don't. You have to consider football. That's That's it? That's what drives the number. That's what drives the number. You did this. Mm. You were, oh, the players have to be able to profit off their damage. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, and I tried to tell you, uh, (laughs) football players are going to do quite nicely. Yeah. Some of the basketball players will. Yeah. The rest of it's going to be a bit of a problem. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's serving to be. No, I think I, I, I think Indiana would be one that would stick around. I disagree. Just with you. like uh, Kansas, Kansas right. would find a home in the Big Ten because of basketball. And you're overvaluing basketball, okay? Because here's the thing: Here, here's what you're not thinking about with basketball. Mm-hmm. You do realize that the days of those the Zion Williamsons, that's gone. You know why? Because you struck up all these name, image, and likeness deals, and now we got the G League and all these other ones. This high school team that you can play. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The overtime elite. Yeah, you didn't think about that, did you? Made basketball completely irrelevant. Completely. I, I heard a very know. wise individual say earlier, did you even know the draft was on Thursday? Did you even know that? I knew it was this week. I cover the draft? I forgot it until I heard it. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it was this week at some time, but I did. You asked me earlier before the show, and I said I think it's maybe Wednesday. And you know no, why? It's Thursday because you're not emotionally invested with virtually anybody in this draft, and it's yeah. a talented draft. Mm-hmm. But you don't care. And the NBA's seen this. And if you think that the NBA doesn't have its hands into the G League Ignite, and I, I can never remember the it was a high school elite, overtime overtime elite. elite. The NBA has their hands in all of that. Mm-hmm. So the basketball number, it's going to be harder and harder and harder to drive a number that way. And here's the thing. I don't see a path that you're going to have 20 team conferences. It, it just doesn't make sense. The ske- the logistics of scheduling would be a disaster. All right, so you're talking about Indiana. You tell me whose spot they take. Ohio State, Penn State, Maryland, Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Nebraska, and then there's a seventh one that I really... It, it's Indiana or Iowa or Minnesota, and I don't know which one it is. Because Illinois makes more money than all of them, mm-hmm. but I don't see a path that it's them. Because there's eight in the ACC as well. I don't know. That's a very tight contest between mediocrity. There you go. <laughs> because in the ACC, you've got... Duke and Carolina are going together wherever they go. Yes. Notre Dame... Mm-hmm. Clemson, mm-hmm. Florida State, mm-hmm. Miami, Louisville, and then it's they both have this like 
at eight, it has to, in my opinion, it has to be Virginia. I don't see how you would do this without Virginia because they make, they have, there's so much money in that program. Unless you extend it out to twenty, and then well, all these all these little decisions aren't a problem anymore. Yeah, I I I can if you if you told me uh, like you said in the first segment of this program that there are going to end up being three conferences, three super conferences, I'd say yeah, then twenty is probably the mark. I just don't know how you would schedule it. That that's where it would get into headache, mm-hmm. and then you've got conference title games that teams are going to look at this and go. I, I mean, I, I'll just use a team for example, NC State. NC State's on the is in the bottom quarter mm-hmm. of Power Five conferences in terms of money. Mm-hmm. They would be looking at this, going, "There is not a shot we would ever sniff a conference title game, ever." I mean, they're kind of in that position now with the ACC. They would at least have a puncher's chance in the <laughs> ACC. <laughs> I mean, you combine these up, right. you're the seventeenth best team in your conference, and that's kind of a hard sell. Mm-hmm. I see a combo coming. It's just a question of where do all the pieces go. I don't see any way the Big 12 survives this because you don't have enough pieces that matter. I don't either. I don't really see. The only way the Big 12 survives, and that's the other layer of this, the Big 12 teams up with the Pac-12, the ACC and the Big 10 team up, and now you got three conferences that are respectable. The SEC is still first and foremost. The ACC Big Ten mashup would be clearly number two. Mm-hmm. And then you got, oh, yeah, USC and Oklahoma State. Wee! <laughs> yeah. USC, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Baylor, TCU. Who else? <sighs> this, whole co- this whole conference I mean, that, sounds terrible. That all just goes out west. And Colorado. Yeah. Colorado and Oklahoma State. Woo-hoo. <laughs> Oklahoma State's a big one. Oklahoma State's a big one that I think maybe the Big Ten should be in on them. Kansas, I, you go Kansas, Oklahoma State, you, you know, I don't know. Well, here's the way this was told to me. Anybody that has any form of power, they're calling around right now. Mm-hmm. Where are we going to let? Because nobody wants to be the school that's left playing musical chairs, and now you're standing here, and there's nowhere for you to sit down. Right. The Mountain West will become the fourth best conference in college football. You're not wrong. Right. If they if they absorb the cast-offs from the Big Ten and maybe a couple from the Big 12 that just didn't find a landing spot in the Pac-12, they might be. And I'm sure there's people that are listening going, why are they, this is the third day you've talked about this. Yeah. Because do you realize how big of a deal this is? This is huge. This is, I, I want you to think about what we were going to say. Do you remember how good of a program UConn used to be? Mm-hmm. Look at them now. Why? Because they were the one that didn't find a landing spot in the ACC because the ACC didn't want them. They took Syracuse over UConn, and UConn fell apart. Mm-hmm. Your college institution, whoever your school is, whether it's NC State, Tennessee, Georgia Tech, I'll go all the way to Miami. There are like 12 teams here that are insulated. It does not matter where they end up. All they have to do is raise their hand and say, pick me, and somebody's going to. Right. That's like Florida State up. Everybody else, you have to be the kid that's not left on the wall as the last team picked. Mm -hmm. Because if you are, you're not going to have a pleasant place to land, and you're doomed. Think about the regression 
of all those Big E schools. Georgetown. Yeah. Weird how that worked, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The only one that was impervious to it was Villanova. And that's because, I, I, Jay Wright, I, I don't really have a good explanation for that. <laughs> uh, are you still among the belief of that the college football playoff is going to determine how this thing shakes out? I believe right now every there's a there's a definitive reason that Oklahoma and Texas didn't say we're not renewing with the Big Twelve and we're going to the SEC because I'm going to bet there's still phone calls being made and there's a lot of people going I'm not signing squat until I know what's best for me because why because this is LeBron James hitting the market this is your top free agent on the market and now now what do they get to do. What do they get to do before they make their final decision? They get to go wine and dine with every person, every entity that is interested in them. I don't even, I, this is, I don't even necessarily think it's that. I think that's part of it. I, I mean, think, there might be an element to that. Mm-hmm. When you're in Texas, nobody's going to wine and dine you. You are the winer oh, and the diner. Oh, 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 oh. I, I mean, what I get, you I get what you're saying. Texas that they care. I get what you're saying, but there is also that thought that We've already floated out there that we're interested in the SEC, and the SEC, SEC apparently has interest in us. Well, of course the SEC has interest of course in us. But, but my point here is we're saying we're not re-upping with the Big 12. We're not saying it's a done deal with the SEC. So Big 10, ACC, Pac-12, come at us. What kind of deal can you offer us? What kind of power can you give me? I'm going in, supposedly, Texas, I'm going into the SEC, and who runs the SEC? It's Auburn, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, all these all these schools that have been, you know, in the SEC since its inception. They've got all the power. Greg Sankey's got all the power. If the ACC or the Big Ten want to come to me and say, "Hey, we'll give you a whole bunch of power." Like the Big Ten wants to come to Texas and say, "Hey, guess what? You can you can rule our South Division. Ohio State will rule the North Division, and we'll just make this ungodly conglomeration." It might be something I'd be willing to listen to rather than going to the SEC and being the seventh best team in that division. Here's the thing. This is what I can tell you unequivocally. Okay. Texas, Texas A&M, Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia, Penn State, Alabama, Oklahoma, Florida, LSU, Wisconsin, Florida State. Those 12 programs are going to determine where everyone else lands. And I will, I, I will step out on a limb here. When this is all said and done, the, the 12 teams I just said will span two conferences. They will all team up together. Because it doesn't make any sense to do anything else. Because if you do, you end up as te- Texas and Oklahoma are now. The, the part of this that's been over overblown to me is that Texas and Oklahoma are dead set on being in the SEC. No, no, no. They're dead set on not going down with the Big 12 ship because they look around and go, what are there two programs here that move the number anywhere? Mm-hmm. It's Oklahoma State and Baylor. Yeah. That's all you have. Kansas, yeah. you have basketball. You hemorrhage money yeah. in football, and they're watching all of these things shift. That's why the name, image, and likeness thing came out in the press release. We're looking at how the landscape is changing, and we're realizing the fact that we have a lot of basketball schools doesn't do bubkis for us. Now we're looking to be football power because football's what's going to drive the number. 
It always has, and now it's about to get ten times worse. Hence what I told you from the Dennis Dodd article earlier today on CBS Sports, that once Texas and Oklahoma leave the Big 12, the conference is not good. And the money generated, especially off of TV deals, drops precipitously if those two are not involved. Again, the number was currently $37 million per school with Texas and Oklahoma. Without those two, industry industry insiders say that, that those payouts to the Big 12 schools could go to $9 million. That's how much weight Texas and Oklahoma carry. And now think about what you just said. Mm-hmm. Think about how many basketball powers you have left in the Big 12. You have the reigning national champion. Yes. You have Kansas, who is perennial blue bloods yeah texas tech who just won a title what two years ago competed for one. Oh yeah they didn't win it played i meant play the national title game. <laughs> yeah and nobody cares mm-hmm. nobody cares and it's weird don't don't you find it strange that north carolina who we're very affiliated with was really important that they brought in mac brown the landscape of college of college athletics is trying to tell you where this is headed so it's a question of whether you listen or not. The sports tag. Just a bit outside. All right, here's the 411, folks. I know Jeremy doesn't like the Olympics. But oh, yeah, I've been locked in. This is. <laughs> I, I, I remembered this morning You're, that it was on. Oh, goodness. You've been missing out, man. I saw I'm the Australian you. swimming coach. That's the one. That and uh, Team USA basketball losing. The Australian swimming coach. Oh, you haven't seen I that I haven't guy? seen this. Oh, I want that guy to be my best friend. Okay. He was just, I mean, he was ultimate warrior just getting after some stanchion. Oh, it was fantastic. Nice. I want that guy to be, I, I want to do karate with that guy in the I, I love international competition. I, I honestly do. It's the one time every four years that you pay that I ever pay attention to things like track and field and swimming. Those are the two main ones for me because it's I don't know it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like horse racing. You know, it's that instant gratification that you get from the the small little races. I love watching the swimming heats. Katie Ledecky today won her uh, heat in the in the in the two hundred. I'm really excited to see if she can come home with the uh, with the gold medal after she didn't get the gold medal in the 400 freestyle last night. Got upset in that event that she's won gold in, what, four times, something like that. Anyhow, I'm really excited about it. I've been watching the swimming all weekend long and having a lot of fun with it. The, the basketball, we can get into that later on in the program here. But I wanted to bring you the story because this is what I love about international competition. Is Look, we as Americans are spoiled. We are spoiled thinking that every event that we go into, we should just be the gold medal winner. Just done. Basketball, it's a given. You're going to win the gold medal. Doesn't really matter. That's obviously not the case anymore after we lost to France in the opener last night. <laughs> but I love stories like that, like the other night uh, in the um, in the men's individual medley. The guy from Tunisia beating out the American. It was the first time that Tunisia had ever won a medal in that event. I love it. And today we had another one. Weightlifter Heidi Lynn Diaz 
One gold in the 55-kilogram weightlifting women's division at the Tokyo Games. She's from the Philippines. And her win in the gold medal, or her winning the gold medal today was the first time that the Philippines had won a gold medal in 97 years. Think about that. Us as Americans, we, if we're, we're ticked off if we're not, uh, you know, number one in the medal count and number one in the gold medal count by a dozen or so. By the end of the Olympics. Imagine being from a country that hasn't even won a gold medal in 97 years. To me, this is what the international competition is all about. I love these little stories of a person that you will never hear anything about them ever again. But today can be Heidi Lynn Diaz's day. As she is the first one from the Philippines to win a gold medal in 97 years. Just a bit outside. The last time you'll probably ever hear us talk about women's weightlifting. <laughs> that's a that's a lovely story. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Mine is not nearly as relevant to 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 the landscape of the world. To anything. This is this is Madden's this is Madden ratings week. Uh, I look. How's that not relevant? That's <laughs> I, I look forward to this every every year because I am very much into the Madden football game. Yeah, they put out their top ten wide receivers today. Top 10 wide receivers. This shouldn't have been spicy, spicy. No. It's Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, and then, you know, we all know the names. Yeah, Stephon Diggs, DK Metcalf. Well, that's where you went awry. What? DK Metcalf's not in the top 10. That's wrong. You did it wrong. I'm not done. Uh, Neither is Justin Jefferson. Oh, stop. Neither is A.J. Brown. But Allen Robinson, Amari Cooper, and Keenan Allen Okay, stop. stop. As is Julio Jones, who's five. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Julio Jones Uh is in the top ten. A.J. Brown, the number one wide receiver on his team, is not. Uh Uh-huh. You heard me correctly. Oh, my gosh. Who is in charge of this? I don't know. Who is in I don't know, but they make me angry every year. <laughs> I need to see a face of this person so I can I can yell at it on Twitter. Yell at it on Twitter. Nice. Tyreek Hill? Did he end up in the top ten? He did. Okay. He is three. Okay. He better have a Dick. he better have a hundred and five speed. Ninety nine. He is in the ninety nine club. The highest rated rookie for those of those uh, those of you that care. Uh, it's Jamar Chase, right? Absolutely. Or, He's the first wide receiver off the board. Devontae Smith just won the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, it's not either one of those. It's Jalen Waddle. I can't really be mad at that. I can. I can 100% be mad at that. Why not? Because it's Jamar Chase and it's not close. It's like, stop. (laughs) Just stop doing this to make me angry. And I know you're going to fix it before before the season even starts. Oh, yeah. But it's still enough to make me angry. I feel like if you're going to put all of this effort into releasing the scores and stuff, you should probably do it to where you don't get just panned for weeks. I mean, to me, the Madden video game is already facing an uphill battle, right? Everybody was ticked off at last year's game because there was no difference between that oh, one and, and, the game, was, and the year before. And it had a lot of glitches yeah. in it. Uh, it yeah, last last year was not a, that say, was not a banner year. Uh, this year... This year's not starting off well either. Well, it never does. I, I will say this. If you're wanting to know who does the ratings, you should probably start with somebody who is either related to or knows Keenan Allen. Because that is the only explanation I have of him to be above A.J. Brown and Justin Jefferson. 
and DK Metcalf. Yeah, I mean, I like Keenan Allen and all, but... <laughs> I love getting messages on the screen. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing for the first two and a half years we did this. What? Women's Beach the... Volleyball? No, 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 no. I knew that was a thing. Oh. I didn't know that the screen, there were messages that could be sent inter-office. Oh, yeah. You know, things could just be told of me on that screen. <laughs> I didn't know that. And now I do. Have you been watching the women's beach volleyball? I have watched exactly four minutes of Olympic coverage period. And it was the USA basketball. And I watched it long enough against France to go, oh, wait. You remember when I told you that JaVale McGee thing? How that just didn't make any sense whatsoever? Yeah. Found it. <laughs> did he, did, I mean, was he the reason they were so bad last night? Uh, he didn't help anything. I'll put it that way. He didn't, he didn't help a thing. Right. And I'm looking at this entire game. First of all, the fact that I, I, I don't know who put this roster together. I know Jerry Colangelo had a role. I know Grant Hill had a role. Greg Popovich. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to put this on him. I, I refuse to. I, I think they did this against his will. I, <laughs> I think Greg Popovich submitted his votes, and they went, nope. Yeah. And they ripped it in half, threw it in the trash can, and set it on fire. And then later he was like, well, it, it, at least if you're not going to take my options, uh, would you at least let me have Keldon Johnson as a, 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 a as a substitute? And they were like, yeah, okay. All right, we'll give you Keldon Johnson. That's all you can get. We're friends. We can we can talk and stuff. <laughs> I watched. Did you watch any of that? The basketball game? Yeah. No, not I a watched chance. it, and every time I saw Javale McGee wearing a Team USA jersey, I went, "That just is. It just. It still looks stupid." Like every time I see it, I who whose idea was this? Do you know who the last guy on the roster was? Not in in twenty twelve. It was Anthony Davis. He was the last that guy. That was the last guy on the team. Wow. I just don't think He was they a care. rookie in the NBA. I just don't think they care. Olympic competition doesn't matter at all to these guys. Especially I, not when you play two consecutive Cause, years. Because here's the thing. I, I know everybody's been going all in on the, the, the USA basketball team, and it's not good, and blah, blah, blah. blah. I, I it's understand. Not good. They, they, it's not good. They don't play well together. They've only been playing together for, what, three weeks now? And Some half of them, of them showed any... up and played in the uh, in, in this game, right? With Devin Booker and Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, who none of those guys could hit water out of a boat. Damian Lillard went like what three of twelve or something last night in that game. I did see the stats, but after I saw it, I went, "Of course not." But what does it matter to U.S. athletes? To play basketball. They don't care. It's You're not going to get anything from playing for the U.S. anymore. Oh, 100% you do. Uh, oh, 100% you do. No, for because yesterday we had a... You and I had a little back and forth with uh, Devin, one of our, our former... Uh, well, I guess he's still our chief medical correspondent for this program. Uh, he was trying to claim that uh, Carmelo Anthony is the greatest of all time because he's got more Olympic medals than any other U.S. basketball player. No, he's not. Might be the greatest American Olympian basketball player of all time. Maybe, but here's what I'm telling you. But you, but, but how you much? say they get nothing out of this? Yeah, you mark my words, okay? Because I firmly don't believe they're going to medal here. I watched Slovenia. Mm-hmm. They have one player. That's all they needed. It was Lu- it was the Luca show. Yeah, and everybody knew they literally could have. It looked like a Harlem Globetrotters game. 
of, you know what they're going to do. Why can you not stop this? <laughs> Still couldn't do it. Didn't matter. Every mm-hmm. shot, you knew it was going to be Luca with that little step back, fade away. That didn't matter. Good. Every time. Luca's got that old guy at the gym game that is just, I am better than you, mm-hmm. and I know it mm-hmm. definitively. Now, I said that to say this. You mark my words. Okay. If this team does not medal in these Olympics, in 2024, we are going to look like the Toon Squad from Space Jam. <laughs> it's going to be, oh, wow, they all showed up. Uh-oh. Uh, well, well, I hope we enjoyed 2021 because this is not going to go well. Oh, it'll be another redeemed team? Uh, 100%. Mm-hmm. We've already done this once. Yeah. And then the the next time out, everybody showed up. And I need you to understand, that was in a World Cup basketball situation. This then the Olympics. And I'm going to level you. They're going to beat Iran. They may not win another game. I've looked at the schedule. Yeah. There's a possibility they don't win another game. Hmm. And if that happens, just remember I said this. Three years from now, when we do this in the 2024 games, right? Uh, this roster is going to look markedly different. It will look much more like 2012, where right. the worst player on the team was Anthony Davis, than it does right now, where you've got JaVale McGee and Keldon Johnson. It's going to have all of the Trey Young, Zion Williamson... Yep. Yeah. That's a that's dudes. a doozy of a start. I, <laughs> yeah. I like where your head's at because I I believe Kate in Cunningham. four minutes I asked six times and why is Zion not on this team again? Right. Can somebody run that by me one more time? <laughs> because he said he wanted to be right. And somebody at some root of USA basketball went no. Mm-hmm. You know what we could we could call Zion or or. Ooh, JaVale McGee. Let's do that. You want to do that? Let's, I, I think that's fun. That sounds like a lot of fun. Let's do that. Oh, poor, poor JaVale McGee. And all he did was answer the phone. Yeah, the, uh, All he did was pick up the phone and went, uh, uh, Jerry Colangelo, yeah, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. It's sorry. It's, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Poor, poor JaVale. ESPN Asheville. 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. It's my favorite, my favorite sounder of the day, breaking news. And this one's big enough uh, that I, I don't even mind your stupid rejoiner like that. It's the greatest breaking news intro ever, and you know it. I, I, I can think of nine off the top of my head that are better. Who's going to break the news? All right. He break just it. did it to anger me. <laughs> I did. <laughs> At Adam Schefter, Packers are offering concessions and are close to an agreement that will bring Aaron Rodgers back to Green Bay for at least this season. Shocker. Hold on. There's more. Okay. The new agreement, once finalized, would help set up Aaron Rodgers' departure from Green Bay after this season. Yes. I believe somebody tried to tell you that all all season long. Yeah, that's exactly what he wanted. He wanted the ability to get out. Yep. He's and going re- to have a Tom Brady-esque yes. final frame. Yes. And he will get to pick where it is. And I'm telling you, there is unequivocally, there is a team that makes all the sense in the world. And it is? The Miami Dolphins. Makes all the sense in the world. Okay, explain Aaron's it a, to me. Aaron's a California guy. Mm-hmm. Well, there's not a California team that needs a quarterback. You got the Rams, the Chargers, and the 49ers that all have young quarterbacks. There's one Except for the Rams. 
That's not a young quarterback. He's 32. <laughs> He's seven years younger than Aaron Rodgers. Well, okay. He's a beach guy. Mm-hmm. Everything you've seen him do all offseason long is at the beach. You know what that tells me definitively? Deshaun Watson's not going to be the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Because they can sit back, give Tua all the... You can have this whole year. If it goes sideways, we'll just go replace you with Aaron Rodgers next year. And that plays right into what we're going to open the beginning of the second hour. That's right. What trades could come? What trades make sense before football season kicks off here? Everybody report to training camp tomorrow. Sports Center is coming up next. This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. It's ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Second hour of the program, as always, brought to you by Wicked Weed Brewing. Check out our friends at WickedWeedBrewing.com. Wicked Weed Brewing. Drink different. The big news at the end of the last hour, Aaron Rodgers. Looks like he is going to be back. He's going to be in a Green Bay Packers uniform for one last ride. They're going to make the push to win the Super Bowl this year. And after that, it's the scrap heap of history for the Green Bay Packers organization. Uh <laughs> He will add to a long series of quarterbacks that have ended their careers somewhere else. Yes. And uh, that's it's the one thing that he wanted. All of the talk about, oh, we offered him a five-year contract extension would have made him the highest-paid player in NFL history. Don't care. Don't care. Aaron Rodgers said, I do not care. I want out of here. You guys have taken every opportunity uh, to not basically been to my needs you haven't given me much help over the last couple of years you got Devontae Adams you got Aaron Jones you had a decent offensive line but I wanted some more weapons and you couldn't give them to me then you went and drafted Jordan Love didn't even didn't even call it give me a heads up that we're drafting another quarterback in the first round of the draft and I'm done with you mm-hmm and now the Packers organization has realized, oh, crap, we should not have gotten Jordan Love in the draft because he's not good at football, and we got to do whatever is possible to get Aaron Rodgers on the field to have a legitimate product this year. So they're making concessions, according to Adam Schefter, and Aaron Rodgers will be on the field for one last year. He will have the ability to walk away from the Green Bay Packers in free agency next year. And that's what's going to happen. Yeah, it is. And they will suffer the consequences because of it. I just I'm looking to 2022 Packerland. It's going to be awful. You got to you got to be pretty. You got to somehow find a quarterback somewhere. Yeah, it's Jordan Love. <laughs> yeah, Jordan I mean you're Lund. probably right. I know I'm right. You're you're probably right about that because at this point you're you can't stuck. trade up for a quarterback and never let him take a snap. That's not quite going to. It's not exactly going to work. Yeah, that'd probably be their best option now. I, I'm not saying it wouldn't be. They but you get, look like buffoons if you do that. I mean, they already look like buffoons. No, they don't. Because guess what? 
You have a Super Bowl caliber team. Mm-hmm. You just needed the quarterback to come back. And look what happened. He's back. Make another run at it. Here we go. Yeah, but how do you not look like an idiot on the backside of this thing? I mean, it's got to be Super You've Bowl been or bust. good for 20-something years. Yes. Do you realize that the Cincinnati Bengals have as many winning seasons as the Green Bay Packers have losing seasons in the last 30 years? <laughs> yeah, I do. My favorite stat, just because I really, I've really gotten to a point where I like jabbing the entire state of Ohio. Uh-huh. Mainly because they, I love when they call me an idiot and they misspell the word directly before it. No matter what that word is, when you misspell the word before idiot, it kind of kills your whole narrative. <laughs> but the little trivia factoid I gave out this morning was, other than Marvin Lewis, the last coach to have a winning season with the Cincinnati Bengals was Sam Weish. Yes. And that was when I was three years old. Mm-hmm. But speaking of other bad teams, there is a bad team that is trying to tell you. They are doing their best to tell you what they're getting ready to do. The Houston Texans? I've told you all offseason this Deshaun Watson thing is happening. Yes. And I am more convinced of it today than I have ever been before. Well, you should be. I mean, the story came out yesterday that Deshaun Watson reporting to camp to avoid the $50,000 a day fines that his team could levy against him. Um, Or I guess they have to, don't they? Isn't that part of the rule? Yeah, but if they come to an agreement, they can waive it. There's okay. there's not a ton of teeth. Anyhow, that. to avoid the fines, the daily fines, he is reported to camp, but still has no intentions of ever taking another step for this team. I'm laughing and, at the media reporting that the reason that he showed up was to avoid the fines. Well, because that is comically stupid to me. <laughs> he showed up for one reason and one reason only. You ever been in one of those relationships where... I'm one. I don't like to fight. Right. I don't like to fight. Just, right. If we're gonna argue, just let me go in the other room, and you can yell at the wall or whatever it is you want to do. Deshaun Watson just went. I just think it's funny. That's what he started this with. I just think it's funny how you think that I'm just gonna go away. Right. No, he said no. We're gonna have this fight right now. Mm-hmm. Which is what tells me that I would wager Deshaun Watson's on another team. His Tomorrow. personal coach thought it was yesterday. <laughs> So I don't think I'm being spicy, spicy when I say it's by the end of the week. Right. Because by the time the whole team shows up, you know, that's, yeah. do, you, do you want to? I, I, I don't think it's, I don't think you do. Right. I don't think you want to see how ugly this can get, because it can get very ugly. I don't know how it can get much uglier than this. He could talk. Well, that is true. That is true. He, he hasn't it, spoken right. to a soul. It can easily get worse. I don't know. I feel like at this point, too, you just keep your head down, Deshaun. And I keep will say. Keep your head down until all of this blows over. Because that's what a lot of. I don't know. It, we get that Deshaun Watson's one of the top five quarterbacks in the league, right? Everybody's under that understanding. Absolutely. All right. He's 25 years old, top five quarterback in the league. He holds all of the cards when it comes to on the field product. The other part of this is what's going on with the litigation, with the civil lawsuits, the criminal investigation that hasn't become anything. What is the deal with that? It's exactly what there it's are, going to be. They've said this repeatedly. There are no criminal charges coming. Without criminal charges, there's nothing the league can do. Mm-hmm. 
Nothing. So he was always going to play. Now, I will say, with all the reports that have come out of Houston today, that they're looking for five high draft picks and young starting caliber players. I'm going to use that tact on my next contract negotiation. <laughs> I want a billion dollars and a Maserati and my own personal plane. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, none of that? Oh, okay. Uh, okay. I put it out over the weekend. Deshaun's not getting it. It's two ones. It's two ones. That's what you're going to get. You'll I, get a one this year. You'll get a conditional one next year. To me, two first-round picks is not enough. I think the the initial report that we you saw. You don't have a choice. The initial report that we saw that Houston wants three first-round draft picks, I would think that that is – I would think that's low. Considering what they could have traded him for before this all got out. But that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. That, that's like saying, I had this custom Camaro, and then I wrapped it around a telephone pole. Well, I could have sold it for $200,000 last week. Well, now it's worth $11. So <laughs> that's that's what that's where you're at. You know, Sorry, I guess you should have traded it last week. That's how you see Deshaun Watson right now. No, because I don't think anything's diminished about the on-field with him. Mm-hmm. However, the risk has skyrocketed. Yes. The risk has gone through the roof. And let's be really honest, the market has completely dried up. Name me a team. There are three there are three teams that could possibly be in on this. You said one wrong, but okay. Well, I mean, the Miami Dolphins. Nope. Miami Dolphins were just given a get out of jail free card. Because you could because if you traded to a tongue of Iloa for Deshaun Watson, you look like dum dums. Now you can let him have growing pains. You either just make the playoffs and get beat, or you miss the playoffs and you can blame it on Tua. You go sign Aaron Rod- or you go bring in Aaron Rodgers, however you do it. Right. And all of a sudden, well, we do it. You know, we were wanting to grow with Tua, mm-hmm. uh, and now we can, you know, recoup some draft capital because there will be a team that still believes in him. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know who it'll be, but there will be one. And next year's a, a, a market that is just bereft of young talent. It's Sam Howell, and everything else is a yeah, but. Denver Broncos. I've never bought it. I've never bought it. Not Why? in that market. I don't buy it. You ever been to Denver? Yeah. It's I a mean, different place. Okay. There would be there would be an uprising in that city. There would be picketers outside that state. I'm telling mm-hmm. you. I've been there. It's a very blue city. It it's not even that. It's yeah. just they're very opinionated, they're very political, and you're not going to satiate that fan base. Mm-hmm. Not all of it. Philadelphia, they booed Santa. <laughs> they threw batteries at people more than once. Right. They don't really have to be sold on somebody's character. That's the one that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And if I'm Philadelphia, I'm looking at them and going, well, you know, we could be just awful. That's a thing. Or we could take this young 25-year-old quarterback, and maybe it doesn't go well this year. Maybe we end up giving up a a high-end draft pick because he somehow gets suspended, whatever happens. And that knocks the stipulations on the conditional pick down. Guess what? We still have two more. Mm -hmm. I think we'll be just fine. I think we will will just be be hunky-dunky with two ones and Deshaun Watson. If the worst-case scenario happens, he doesn't play a snap this year. 
you're still in better shape than you would be with Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. I've also thought about the Raiders. For some reason, the Raiders keep hanging out there for me as a possible landing spot. It's because you don't even kind of like Derek Carr. No. No, I don't. I don't. But you're telling me me Deshaun Watson or Derek Carr, you're not willing to take the gamble on that? I didn't say that. Okay. I'm saying you've got a guy in Mike Mayock that made his that got where he is by going through the draft. Mm-hmm. I don't buy it. I don't buy that he's going to come off that much draft capital. That team needs too much. Philly, let's be honest. Philly with Deshaun Watson, you're at worst the third best team in your in your division. At worst, yes. And you're real close to one and two. <laughs> you might be the best team in your division. I don't know if I go that far. I mean, I think those who has a better quarterback. Name a team in that division that has a better quarterback. Oh, there's not one. There you go. I mean, Deshaun immediately is the best quarterback in that division. I buy a considerable amount, in my opinion. I, 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 I think it's a little closer with Dak Prescott in Dallas. but There's two I mean, sides of every argument. One's right, one's wrong, <laughs> and you just so have to be choosing to be on the wrong side. I don't think it's a vast difference between the two of them. I do. Okay. I think Deshaun Watt... The, 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 the the sheer fact that Deshaun Watson was as good last year as he was mm-hmm. with the just hot garbage that was put around him. I mean, just between the Bill O'Brien thing right. and trading his best receiver and just and all of the things. you got the GM of the team following you around. Right. I, I wasn't talking about the players there. He actually had some pseudo-decent players. It was just a the, – the whole aura around that team was just garbage. Mm-hmm. And then it got worse, and he was that good. Yeah, it, it, Deshaun Watson might be the second best quarterback in the NFL. I could be convinced of that very easily. Behind Mahomes, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, are the weapons better in Philadelphia than they were in Houston last year? I wouldn't say the receivers are. Mm. With Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks going up against Jalen Rager, and no, but the culture's better. The culture in Philadelphia is just better than it is in Houston. And that's think about what you just said. Okay, think about so what his organization is. So you right had now. one scout that didn't like what Howie Roseman did and 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 duffed him on a high five. First of all, you're a grown man. Stop high fiving people. It's <laughs> right. annoying. All right. Other than that, they won a Super Bowl three years ago. Mm-hmm. And what has ago. happened since then? That entire franchise has been blown up over the Carson Wentz thing. They've been in complete chaos. They were, they were blown they, up by one bad decision. You drafted Jalen Hurts and mm-hmm. blew the program up. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you've been nine and seven twice and made the playoffs both years. Mm-hmm. Before last year, they made the playoffs three years in a row and won a Super Bowl. Yeah, and I, you jettisoned jettisoned your coach, and now you got Nick Sirianni coming in to coach this team. And I, I mean, can it be rebuilt? Sure. It can be rebuilt, and a lot can be solved for the Philadelphia Eagles with one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Well, here's the I thing. understand that. I, I mean, think about the think about the weapons in Philadelphia mm-hmm. with uh, Dallas Go Dirt, who I refuse to call him anything else. Yeah, it's like Robert Tunyon. If you want me to, if you want me to call you Tunyon, then change it to a U. Right, Robert Tunyon. You got Jalen Rager, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, mm-hmm. Zach Ertz, who apparently is going to. Somehow make his way back to that team, which is <laughs> mind-boggling to me. Right. And Miles Sanders. 
Yeah, that's way better talent than he had in Houston. Okay. And you've still got Brandon Brandon Graham. They just signed Steven Nelson to pair with Darius Slight. By the way, the minute I saw the Steven Nelson thing yesterday, I just started sending out tweets. Uh, Deshaun Watson's headed to Philadelphia because mm-hmm. it's the only way that move makes any sense. It's a win-now move. 100%. Yeah. Or it's a, it's maybe not a win-now move, but a be-competitive-now move. It satiates one of the biggest problems that you had. Your linebacking core is still not good. But with Deshaun Watson, you're a competitor. I'm not saying you're a Super Bowl competitor because you're not. Mm-mm. You're not a contender. You're not up there with Green Bay and Tampa Bay. But you could win this division. And that's better than being 3-14 and 14 with Jalen Hurts, which you would be. I mean, yeah, because the path in the NFC East is not clear. The, the path to the being the champion of the NFC East, uh, did you, do you remember what this division looked like last year? Now I get a lot of things had to happen for, for that division to be that bad. You had Dak Prescott go down. You had Saquon Barkley go down for the New York Giants. No, but but think about how close these teams are right now to not being good again. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you take the injuries away, it still wasn't mm-hmm. it still wasn't a star studded division. All right, the Dallas Cowboys defense. If they're you know if the young guys don't mature quickly, that could still be the one of the worst defenses in the league. Hundred percent. You look at uh, you look at the Washington football team. The defense is incredible. But also, what happens if Fitz Tragic shows up? If you get Fitz Tragic, not Fitz Magic, that team could be, you know, very pedestrian. Of which, by the way, you're going to get that one out of every three games. Yes. Signed a Jets <laughs> fan that watched it happen for two years. Sign, co-signed a Buccaneers fan who had to watch this, watch him be the best quarterback in the NFL, in NFL history, yeah, if for need, four weeks. If you need a third, I'll yell down the hall to Brian Hall. Uh, <laughs> right, he's a we Dolphins got them all fan. covered. <laughs> uh, we got oh, wait, Eddie Fox is down the hall. He's Let's a Titan, Titan fan. fan. We got four. <laughs> We're almost... Hey, we got half do we the have teams Texan, he's ever played for. Do we have a Texans fan somewhere? They wouldn't admit it. If <laughs> we might, but they wouldn't tell you. No, I mean, but you could see how the NFC East is. There, there is a path there. If Deshaun Watson ends up as the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles, they could be a contender in that division. It makes a whole lot of sense. Now, what would the package be? I'm not coming off what the package would be. I'm just saying that an article came out this mor- this morning that should be a cautionary tale to the Houston Texans of their trade negotiations with Deshaun Watson. They'll explain it up next right here on ESPN Asheville. Pernicious. Adjective. Having a harmful effect, especially in a gradual or subtle way. Now, Wicked Weed's flagship IPA, winner of a silver medal at the U.S. Open Beer Championships, isn't harmful unless you're a competing IPA. Brewed in the mountains of western North Carolina, Pernicious IPA will destroy your expectations for all others in its class. Pernicious IPA inspires you to enjoy fresh and often. Order up at WickedWeedBrewing.com. Wicked Weed, the official craft beer of East Tennessee State University Athletics. Drink different, drink responsibly. It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green on ESPN Asheville. If you're driving around uh, West Asheville, looks like uh, looks like that storm that my wife told me was coming over South Asheville as we right before we went on the air is now coming to the west side of town. So be safe. Turn the headlights on. Just uh, it's going to be a gully washer. Yeah, it's it doesn't look pretty. <laughs> um. Before we get into this whole well, the trade package, what it could look like, and what Houston could get back for Deshaun Watson, I feel like I need to bring this up. This is a story that was posted to ESPN 20 minutes ago by John Barr. Ten women have now filed complaints with the Houston police about 
Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson, according to Watson's attorney, Rusty Harden. Harden spoke with ESPN Monday about the progress of both the criminal and the civil cases involving his client. There are 10 women that have made complaints to the Houston Police Department. Eight of the women, according to Harden, are among the 22 who have alleged the civil, or, or, or yeah, have alleged in civil lawsuits that Watson sexually assaulted them or engaged in sexually inappropriate behavior during massage sessions. Two of these women who have filed the complaints with the police department are not among those who have filed civil suits against Watson. So I guess this brings the total to 25 women now, 24 women now, who have either filed a civil suit or made a criminal complaint against Deshaun Watson. The one thing that could change any of this is if there's a a, a criminal charge that comes. The investigation cannot do anything according to the NFLPA. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm saying that, that those are the rules. Right. So until there is a an actual, the complaint will not change anything the NFL does. Yes. However, if there is a criminal charge, then that could potentially change things. Yes. I think this report may play a major role in the discussions that are going on with other NFL teams, though. Namely, the Philadelphia Eagles, who have apparently been in on Deshaun Watson for a while and are now considering it. And the Houston Texans say, we're open to trading him. And now this news comes out that the criminal complaints make make it all different. The civil lawsuits and such, I mean, we've seen time and time again throughout the course of human history, civil lawsuits can be settled. Those can go away and have no problem. It's when things turn criminal that things get really iffy on the future of Deshaun Watson. So we'll just have to wait and see on these now 10 complaints that have been filed with the Houston Police Department. But if a trade is to happen, you saw an article earlier today from Bill Barnwell that might should give Houston pause about doing this deal. Uh, It it should make you temper your expectations for what you're going to get back. Basically, Bill Barnwell, he's a reporter for ESPN, went through and checked every the last 18 player trades in the NFL. It is a just, there's no consistency to it whatsoever. And as far ju- as the return? Yes. Okay. Because there are a lot of deals where you see a guy get moved and, and there's a little section that says, hey, these are the players that the draft picks became. And it's Gary on Conley. Woo. It's also shocking how many of these are tied to the Houston Texans, by the mm-hmm. way. It's also pretty easy to figure out why the Miami Dolphins are good. Look at the players they got back from Minka Fitzpatrick and Laramie Tunsil. It ain't that hard to figure out why they're good. And so the worry about all the draft picks, it just doesn't matter. If you look at what the Jacksonville Jaguars got for Jalen Ramsey, Calevon Chason, Travis Etienne, and Jordan Smith, that worth Dalen Ramsey? Nope. No. I don't even care that you had to pay him. But they, And that's one of the things that I've always wondered about in sports. Not just the NFL, but in sports in general. Uh, and, I, and I guess I'm just mainly focusing on NFL and NBA because this doesn't really happen in Major League Baseball because the draft picks are meaningless, basically. 
I mean, unless, uh, well, even first round picks don't mean a whole lot in the M- in, in Major League Baseball. But in the NBA and the NFL, teams that go after these, you know, chase these draft picks, you're not guaranteed anything from that. You have to put the onus on your scouting department to be able to get the return that would be equal to what you're giving up. I've never understood this whole, you know, like the the Oklahoma City Thunder. They've got 16 first-round draft picks over the next four years or well, whatever I mean, I, it is. I can explain that to you. That's not hard to figure out. Okay. You can't get free agents to come to your town, so you're going to have to take shots in the draft. And it, Because in the NBA, virtually everybody signs a second deal. Mm-hmm. You just make more, markedly more money to stay with the team that drafted you. But But I guess what I'm trying to say is that you're giving up a known quantity for something that could just end up being trash. The, in the NBA, I, I understand why you would do that. Now, in the NFL, you want me to tell you what's undefeated among deals in the NFL? If you trade a superstar player, you pretty much lost. You go back and look at this, Laramie Tunsil, that's the one. That's the one superstar that was ever dealt that I look at the return and go, wow, you got just destroyed in that deal. Khalil Mack, I'm looking at every player they got back for him. Josh Jacobs, Damon Arnett, and Brian Edwards. Would you trade that right now straight up for Khalil Mack? No. No. Amari Cooper. It was Amari Cooper straight up for Jonathan Abram. You think they would do that again? No. The team that gets a superstar almost always wins. Now, if it's a middling player like Mohamed Sanu, yeah, you might come out on the wrong side of that. Right. I will give up draft picks for superstars. If you tell me right now all of the things facing Deshaun Watson went away, I would give up anything draft pick-wise you wanted. Five ones, cool, done. Now, obviously, I wouldn't do it right now with all of the potential. The uncertainty, yeah. But I want you to think about this. The Las Vegas Raiders traded for Antonio Brown. They gave up a three and a five. Do you know who those became? No. Zach Gentry was the five. Deontay Johnson was the three. Wow. How'd that work out? Yeah. Antonio Brown that didn't play one game with the Raiders. I understand. Whew, some of these are bad. I mean, as you just go through, it's bad. Frank Clark goes to the Chiefs. Seahawks got LJ Collier, Damian Lewis, Alton Robinson, and Cody Barton. Woo. Yikes. Woof. I don't like that at all. And then was well, you shouldn't. I don't know. To me, it's it, it's always just been one of those. I don't know one of, one of those things that if I have a if I have a you know a great superstar player, I want superstars back. I want known quantities back I, and, more than draft picks. I that's and that's kind of where I'm headed. That's why it makes sense when I hear the Houston Texans saying that in a deal for Deshaun Watson, they not only want draft picks but they want defensive starters too. Now I wouldn't give up three, you know, three number one draft picks and two of my best players, but I would be willing to give you two, two of my best players and a draft pick. We have breaking news again. This one's from Adrian Wojnarowski. 
The Grizzlies are finalizing a deal to send Jonas Valanciunas the number 17 and 51 picks in the 2021 NBA draft to the New Orleans Pelicans for Steven Adams, Eric Bledsoe, and 10 and 40. Okay, so they went from 17 up to 10? Mm-hmm. Just hearing that, I, I don't see that as a bad deal. Do you? For for which entity? For the Grizzlies. No, it's fine. Okay. Uh, well, that, I, uh, not really. Okay. I would rather have, <laughs> I'd rather have the Pelican side of that. You know why? Why is that? Uh, because Eric Bledsoe has a very Brandon Jennings quality to me. Uh, if there's a trade and they're involved, whoever got him, lost. That's how I feel about Eric Bledsoe. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, uh, the the Grizzlies get Eric Bledsoe? Okay, you lost that deal. Because I don't want to pay him $20 million to be horrible. Right. Which he was this past year. Okay. But that is the pick that, you know, obviously we'll be doing live draft coverage for the NBA draft on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. People that forgot the draft was this week. <laughs> don't feel bad, so did we. There are a lot of them. I didn't forget it was this week. I just, I don't know. I think I've been so preoccupied for the last few days that I just, oh, yeah, Thursday. Yeah. But that pick has been in play forever. Mm-hmm. I've heard that t- that pick, the 10 pick that's coming from the Pelicans. Right. I think I've heard that attached to about 10 different teams. I heard it a lot with Brandon Ingram today, too. You know, don't look for that to happen. Maybe you shouldn't take <laughs> advice from people that, you know, can't spell Brandon Ingram's name. Right. That's the fun of Twitter. A big trade out of the NBA there. We got, uh, we got draft picks moving. We got players moving. You're going to see, you're going to see a lot more of that heading up to Thursday's draft. I have a feeling. I, I do. Well, I. I mean, we've got a Golden State deal coming. It's going it, to, that is going to be the one thing that if Golden State does not able to make a move, it's going to be, how did you not make a move? How did you not make that happen? Okay, don't hit the stupid button again. We got breaking news again. Okay. With, this is from Adam Schefter. With Aaron Rodgers expected to return to Green Bay while giving the Packers more cap room, the team can now make another run at trying to sign Devontae Adams to an extension, and he will listen. That's the breaking news part He will listen. He broke off talks literally 24 hours a day, 24 hours ago. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers says, I'm coming back. Okay, I'm listening again. That's, that's fine. Let's talk. For a year. Did Devontae hear that part? That he's going to be gone after this year? It doesn't matter. For Devontae Adams? Nope. He'll be there this year. If I need to be dealt two years from now, we'll deal with it two years from now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. I, I could see a Devontae Adams deal getting done in very short order. I don't know about all that. I want, I want to have some assurances that I'm going to have an actual quarterback moving beyond this year with Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers is gone this year, I'm gone too. We'll both go. We've literally had more news break in the last hour and 35 minutes than we've had in the last 135 days, I think. It's glorious. It is the best July of sports radio that we've had in a long time. Mm -hmm. Because normally we're trying to scrape and figure out, uh, do we really want to talk about the American League East race? Yeah, Not again. On the weird scale, there's Vegas... There's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. All right. So over the weekend in Australia, there was a uh, there was a big protest. People took to the streets 
in a big protest over the lockdown measures in Australia. They're dealing with uh, the daily rise in COVID-19 cases and everything's been shut down again. And just like we had here in America, we've got that sect of the, of the population that is, no, we're not doing this. We're not shutting this down and you got to open things back up. Well, they had a massive march this weekend in Sydney, Australia, and it got a little violent. Thousands of people breached coronavirus measures and marched through the center of Australia's biggest city Saturday, many unmasked and carrying banners with anti-vaccination messages and clashing with police. Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison called the protests reckless and selfish. The protests also broke out in other major cities, including Melbourne, Adelaide, and Brisbane. But two men in Sydney were charged with animal cruelty after they decided to take the fight to the cops. And they punched a horse. (laughs) I mean, really, who punches a horse? (laughs) The two men were arrested after assaulting the police officer. And yes, it does count. Police horses count as officers. And they will be facing subsequent charges one of them 33 years old one of them 36 years old punching horses in australia didn't see that one coming did you my story is uh it's 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 slightly scarier than yours slightly scarier Mm -hmm. like the lightning that i just saw outside the window holy cow yeah i wasn't a big fan of that either it's gonna get rough out there batting down the hatches west Asheville. I've told you for years that the birds are, they're learning, they're getting more aggressive, the drones are doing things. We now have a sulfur-crested cockatoo in Washington that can open trash cans. Sulfur-crested cockatoo. I don't know what any of those things mean. I I, I know what all of those words mean, but I've never seen them put together, and frankly, (laughs) terrifying. Uh, There's an ornithologist named Richard Major who has been paying attention. He's, he's kept these birds, and for some reason he has a trash can in the confinement that they're in, and they're multiplying. And as time goes on, the new birds that are developed by bird reproductive measures, they're born knowing how to open trash cans. Wait, what? Apparently the birds that started this little project have mated. And they've had more little small birds. And these birds are born with the ability to open trash cans. They literally pry it open with their beak, and they shuffle the, their head under it, and they can get in the trash cans. Hmm. Interesting. They're learning. <laughs> telling you they're learning. They're learning. I saw a video. I will be the only one that sees this coming, but I have been saying it for an extended period of time. Was that our uh, private our, our little sportsocracy fan chat that we were in this weekend where somebody posted the video of birds with arms. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't open that. Video. I saw that somewhere and it, it's pretty hilarious. Yeah, that's pretty terrifying. <laughs> it's, it's actually the definition of my nightmare. I'm going to make you watch it after this show is over just so bet I can make don't. sure that you have nightmares. Yeah, bet you don't. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing in a foot race, I'd win. So you're going to have to not only outrun me, you might have to jump in the wind of my car to get me to see that. Well, I'm going to have to survive the tornado first. Yeah. I'm, um, there is not a tornado. I'm not giving news. I'm just saying the sky looks very black. There's lots of lightning outside the window. Uh, anyhow, let's go down the trade path here. Since we didn't throw out any of these trades, uh, 
we've been focused on the Deshaun Watson deal. You say the Philadelphia Eagles would be willing and the Houston Texans would be willing to accept two first-round draft picks, a conditional first-round draft pick in 2023 and Philadelphia's first-round pick next year for Deshaun Watson? Yeah, and they might have to throw a player in it or something like that. But this idea that they're going to get five pieces for Deshaun Watson, it's just not true. No. Not with all these things hanging over his head. Not with the fact that everybody knows he wants out. Mm-hmm. And you're blowing it up. It's very obvious. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get that level of return for him. I've said from the jump, I think it's Philadelphia gives up their pick this year because the risk is, it's innate risk for Houston and Philadelphia. If Deshaun Watson doesn't play a down all year, that team's terrible. No, it's going to be a very high draft So pick. they get a high draft pick, then you've got the conditional pick. That would beca- it would be a two, but would become a one if he played seventy five percent of the snaps this year, or like they the went Carson to the playoffs. Deal. Yeah, it's going to be something like that. Could there be a third pick? Maybe, but I don't buy it. Mm-hmm. I don't buy that they're going to give up three ones because they don't have to. I mean, really, be honest with yourself. The Miami Dolphins are not making a run at Deshaun Watson with all these things hanging over him. No, because if you're wrong and Tua Tonga Vailoa turns into a, a, a star, now you look like buffoons. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Derek Carr. If Derek Carr goes to first of all, I don't I don't think you could sell Houston on a car in Houston. But nope. they're not doing that. It would have to be somebody that's desperate. That we know no matter what, we're going to be better off with him on the roster whether he plays this year or not. Philadelphia definitely falls into that. And they're category. the only one that do. Mm-hmm. Um Aaron Rodgers apparently going to stick around in Green Bay now. Adam Schefter, if you missed the news from earlier this afternoon. Adam Schefter says that there are concessions being made by the Green Bay Packers to keep Aaron Rodgers there for this year. He apparently told close sources close to him that he was going to report to camp this week, to which David Bakhtiari had a great response on social media where he said, oh, well, I guess we're not close, huh? Yes, we're not close sources. Yeah. <laughs> well... I believe that's a little bit of a wedge in that relationship, but you just buy him a case of beer. I was about to say, just bring him four Milwaukee Bucks stadium beers. It'll be fine. (laughs) Right. Uh, But with Aaron Rodgers being in town, the Green Bay Packers might be able to, you know, satiate some of that relationship by getting him another receiver. I don't believe they'll go into the season with the, with the weapons they have. I think that's one of the concessions they're talking about. Obviously the, Aaron can decide his fate after 2022, after 2023. Those are the things he was after. There was also a report that said he's going to have, there will be conversations that are going to try to appease his issues with the with the team. Yes. Well, there's a very easy way to do that. His name's Sterling Shepard. He's a wide receiver for the New York Giants, who they seem to just forget on that team. Yeah. Because they had to go draft Kadarius Tony. The last need they needed. Ugh. I never understand that. <laughs> I won't either, but now you've got Kenny Galladay, you got Darius Slayton, you got Sterling Shepard, um, Kadarius Tony, John who, Ross. John Ross. You got five. Five wide receivers now that you don't have a room to play them all. And, and I'll tell Sterling you, Shepard's a, a, a left out piece. He's a quality football player. You also have Dante Pettis, who people forget are on the who people forget is on this team. Ah, yes, those were the days. They also have Kelvin Benjamin for what that's worth. I just, I really, <laughs> he's wanted, a tight end. That doesn't matter. I really just wanted a reason to say that out loud. 
He's a tight end. He doesn't count. Preliminary depth charts have Sterling Sterling Shepard listed as the five. Mm -hmm. Now, in the proposed trade here that we posted out on the Sportsocracy, uh, at the Sportsocracy on Twitter, just yesterday and instagram and tiktok and all the it's out on all the social medias yeah don't ask me how to i don't know how we tiktok things i i I have absolutely no idea how a concept which i made gets onto that website we have we have a beautiful young hip lady that is doing uh, all of that uh, tiktok work for us yeah and for some reason she's marrying me so and nobody knows why. Uh, the, I don't disagree with you. <laughs> Sterling Shepard to the Green Bay Packers, though that that could be a deal to satiate Aaron Rodgers' concerns. Now, here's the thing: I had was they send back a, a fourth round pick. To me, that seems too high. Mm, conditional. Oh, it'll be a conditional fourth. Mm-hmm. I mean, any pick like that's going to be some kind of conditional. Mm-hmm. Could be a five. I don't think it'd be lower than that. Because I think there would be teams that are interested. In Sterling Shepard. Mm-hmm. His good's been good. What role would he play in that uh, Green Bay offense? The Randall Cobb role. Mm-hmm. He would be the little the, the slot guy that just can do all kinds of things. I want to see Sterling Shepard not play for the New York Giants. I want to see him play for a team that will actually appreciate him. Mm-hmm. Because I think he is a fantastic player. And he's, he's not getting any younger. He's 28 years old. And then the L.A. Rams need a running back. I've heard they're in on Melvin Gordon. I've heard they're in on a lot of people. I would love to see it be be Melvin Gordon. Now, you're hearing this from back channels because everything that's coming out in the media is telling us, no, they're staying in Pat. They're they're going with Daryl Henderson. If somebody would give them draft capital for Melvin Gordon, they would trade him. I have that on very good authority. No, I'm talking about the Rams. The Rams apparently are saying we're not interested in another running back. These were hypothetical deals that I would like to see. Yeah. No, I have no information. Okay, all right. I I don't know. The Rams seem to be content to stick with Daryl Henderson. I don't necessarily believe that. Uh, I have just heard that the Broncos would be willing to deal Melvin Gordon if somebody would just give up a draft pick. And I would like the Melvin Gordon-Daryl Henderson combination with the Rams. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, in in your scenario, you think the Broncos would be open to taking a late third round draft pick for Melvin Gordon? I think they would take less than that, but that would I definitively would. get it done. I think they would too, <laughs> to save the money because they believe in Javante Williams <laughs> a lot. Right. Uh, the New Orleans Saints. Could this you, one makes entirely too much sense. It could use another wide receiver. Obviously, Michael Thomas is going to be on the shelf for what six weeks. At least. To start out the season because of the, uh, uh, was it ankle surgery? Knee surgery. Which one was it? Was ankle. it? It was ankle surgery. So he had ankle surgery and recovery time's about four months. Timeline from even if you went to the earliest of June, four months out, that puts him at least six weeks into the season of not being able to be back on the field. So you got to go get a wide receiver somewhere. Well, there's a, there is a guy. That's out there that it's kind of familiar with Sean Payton's system. Brandon Cooks needs to be in a place where he has a legitimate quarterback because it's not going to be Houston. But uh, but 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 does do you believe the Saints have a legitimate quarterback? I mean, Jameis I do. Winston, yeah. I was going to say I do, but I don't know that it's the one that's going to play. Yeah, Jameis Winston's a legitimate NFL quarterback. He needs a receiver to throw to, and I refuse to believe the Saints are going to go into this year with Traquan Smith as their one. Right. 
By the way, I have to answer this. I answered it on the morning show. I have to answer it on this show okay. because I get a ton of fantasy football questions, and I need to answer this one all at one time. Stop taking players that are injured in fantasy football drafts. <laughs> I get asked this question every year. I've answered it the same way practically every time. Now, if he lasts till the 11th round, then that's different. Right. If you take Michael Thomas in the 6th round, you get what you get. Stop doing that. I got that question about 10 times over the weekend through different channels. Of how high would you take Michael Where Thomas? Where would you take Michael Thomas? Is it too early to take him in the fourth round? Yes. Yes, yes it is. You know what? Take a receiver that's going to, you know, play. <laughs> it's kind of important. I'd be more willing to take Will Fuller over Michael Thomas yeah. at this point. Because at least you know Will Fuller, when he comes back, he's going to be healthy. No, you don't. You never know Will Fuller's going to be healthy. Last year was an indication, though, I think. Don't you you don't believe that? Will Fuller once hurt himself eating a bag of Chex Mix. I have that on good authority. <laughs> no, that was Kelvin Benjamin. Kelvin Benjamin once injured himself eating eleven bags of Chex Mix. Oh. <laughs> poor fat Benji. Yeah. Kelvin Benjamin might be the only player in the NFL listed as a wide receiver that uh, his body type and mine are very similar. <laughs> And then there was one. And this was the one trade that you proposed that I'm, I, I think I'm out on. And I think if I'm the Carolina Panthers, I'm saying no. We'll tell you what it is. Coming up next, right here on ESPN Ash. I believe real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I am Clarissa Marshall with EXP Realty, serving all of Western North Carolina. Navigating the home buying and selling journey can feel overwhelming at times. And that's why having an agent who cares about you and your needs is key. I'm a native of Western North Carolina, and I close over a home a week. I'm an expert in the market, pricing my sellers correctly to net you the most money, and working as a skilled negotiator for my buyers. Please give me a call today at 828-774-6343 to set up a complimentary market analysis. All right, Jeremy, I just cannot get on board with the Carolina Panthers sending two third-round draft picks and your tour gross matos to the Jets for Marcus May. I can tell you they're in on Marcus May. There is a, I would say, decent shot that he gets dealt before this season because I don't see a reconciliation. Yeah. And I have been told the Panthers are very interested. To me, that seems like a big overpay. Maybe one third-round draft pick. Not quite. Maybe straight up. Yutur Gross Matos. Not even close. Not even close. Not even close. It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 888 AM, and 1400. Tank Spencer, Jeremy Green, back tomorrow. Braves baseball is next.